Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I have always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, today on the show, we have one of the more popular guests I've had on the show before, Dr. Dane Herr. And Dr. Dane came back to discuss why we lie to ourselves, how we can stop doing it, how to be truthful with ourselves, look ourselves in the mirror, and really break down a lot of the crap that we're carrying around with us so we can grow and evolve, become lighter, and raise our vibrations in this life. So let's dive in. I'd like to welcome back to the show, returning champion, Dr. Dane here. How are you doing, Dane? I'm doing great. How about you, Alex? I'm good, brother. How's your How's your new year going so far? Oh, man, what a year. I think, you know, I think everything before 2023 was just warm up. That's my point of view. It's, uh, I hope so, man. I hope so. Well, this is going to be, it's going to be a really interesting year to say the least. Let's, true story. Uh, but here's the thing. See, it is what it is. And, and your point of view creates your reality around it. So, you know, it's like what happens, happens. You can be grateful for it or you can be resentful of it. And it's your choice. You know, your it, it's your life man. your choice. So I, I figure everything is a warm up for the greatest year so far. And if I'm wrong, well, then that's not the first time, nor will it be the last. <laughs> <laughs> it's always better to have a good outlook on things than it is to have a negative outlook. That's why I've always looked so. at it. Because you do def- definitely bring bring the energy that you put out into the universe. There's, there's absolutely no question. So for people who want to know more about uh, your, your origin story and things like that, I will direct them towards our first interview that I did uh, a while ago last and last year so long ago last year uh that we did that that interview and uh, I'll put that on the show notes but I'm gonna just jump right in I saw something online and I wanted you to tell the audience about this it's just a great great opening here what is the hundredth monkey effect oh the hundredth monkey it's a phenomenon that occurred they were studying these monkeys on these islands that and the islands were not connected by any land mass, which I guess is why we call them an island now that I think about, woo, science, science for the win. Um, and what happened was they were running out of food. So they started dropping food from helicopters and the crates would break and they would eat the food. But one monkey was like, hey, um, this sucks. I hate dirt in here. I'm going to go wash it. So they started washing it. Once a hundred monkeys on that island started washing their food. The monkeys on all the islands they were studying washed them the same day. And so it's a phenomenon of consciousness where, or I guess I will, I'll I'll call it a phenomenon of consciousness, but it's a phenomenon where when you change the vibration of something to a higher level, that's greater for everybody, 
it reaches a tipping point. And it's really about the tipping point. I mean, we all know what a tipping point is. So it reaches a tipping point at which it becomes available to everybody. Wow, that's a pretty profound experiment. What did the what did science have to say about that? Did they have no explanation? The, science had no explanation. You know, it's like, and here's the thing about, you know, the work I do is called access consciousness. And what we're exploring is what consciousness actually is. But what are the tools that it gives you? How does it allow you to live your life? How does it allow you to create your life? How does it allow you to change the things we'd all like to change, you know, or you individually would like to change? And so consciousness, we have a definition of consciousness where everything exists and nothing is judged. And so what I would say is their level of consciousness raised. In other words, and and it's an interesting thing because people ask me all the time about consciousness, obviously, because of the work that I do. You know, they'll say, what is it to you? And I'll give them that definition where everything exists and nothing is judged. They're like, okay, give me an example. I'm like, well, a lot of the new technologies that are coming out are because of a rise in consciousness. So whereas before we were polluting, doing all these things in a particular way, and we just did it because we were unaware or unconscious of it. We first step is we become aware of it. Next step is, okay, what can we do to change it? And that's an elevation in consciousness. In other words, somebody's light bulb went off as they were looking at what can we do to change this? And they come up with a new technology. And and the funny part is we tend to give such credence to technology and new technology as though technology will save us. Technology without consciousness is useless. Technology without consciousness is is <laughs> watch Terminator. You you get the idea. You know, I mean, with I was trying to make a joke that wasn't very funny. I guess Terminator and joke. There probably aren't very many good Terminator jokes now that I think about it. <laughs> but. But that's the idea is their consciousness raised and consciousness knows no boundaries. There's no distance and no time that it requires. It just is. Do you think that's what's happened to us in general? Uh, Because from the early 1900s to where we are today, consciousness has definitely risen. And there's things that we take for granted now that was heresy 100 years ago. Absolutely. And that is. And so consciousness would also be synonymous with awareness. Anytime you're willing to truly be aware of what's going on, not not your judgment of what it is or your point of view about what it is, because that's where we also get really stuck, because there are a lot of people who are going around saying, I'm woke. I'm sorry. If you have to say you're woke, you ain't woke. Okay, Um, go back to sleep, wake up and, you know, wake up later, because the thing about it is awareness is has increased dynamically in a lot of areas but concurrent with that there's been a lot more of this is right and this is wrong and the difficulty is you can have judgment or you can have consciousness and so what happens is judgment so judgment anytime you make a judgment or a decision come up with any fixed point of view about something nothing that doesn't match that judgment or that decision can come into your awareness until you're willing to change it. So if you decide, for example, life is hard, there's a lot of people who've decided that, especially in the last couple of years. Well, what does that create? That creates their life being hard. There's a lot of people, a lot of people, like one of the things I love about access consciousness is we have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who are, who have done, you know, well, I guess over a million at this point, who've done one of the beginning classes, but also 
who are connected to the work at some level. And the people that were regularly using the tools sailed through the entire pandemic. And, and not that they didn't have downs, but they recognized it for what it was and were able to get out of it and change it. And so for the most part, they had a lot of lightness over the last few years. And what is that? Is that me creating it? Not at all. It's them. It's, it's, it's looking from a place of awareness rather than aligning and agreeing with the trauma and drama or resisting and reacting to the trauma and drama. Because if we align and agree, we're making it real. So if somebody says, hey, you're a jerk, and you go, oh my God, I am a jerk. Well, you've just aligned and agreed. You've made that a reality. And what usually happens right after that is somebody will say you're a jerk, and only because you align and agree and make it real, then you go, no, I'm not. And you then go into resistance and reaction. So alignment and agreement is the positive polarity, making it real and true. Resistance and reaction is the negative polarity. And you get those two together and it locks it in place as a reality that is not changeable. Well, there's a space of freedom, which is where every point of view, every thought, every feeling, every yuck stuck or what the fuck is um, just, ooh, sorry, little rock band going. Um is just an interesting point of view where you go, hey, you know, and you can use it. It's a great tool to use. And I wish everybody out there would just embrace it, which is, you know, you can get some upset that you've got and just get the energy of it right now. Something that's still in your world has been there for a little while, hasn't gone anywhere. And every time you think about it, you kind of get stuck. Just get that energy and go, interesting point of view. I have this point of view. And it usually changes, even if a little bit. And then again, to whatever's left. Interesting point of view. I have this point of view. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And again, interesting point of view. I have this point of view. And as it changes, interesting point of view. I have this point of view. Interesting point of view. I have this point of view. Interesting point of view. I have this point of view. And what usually happens is between three and eight times of doing it, you don't have the point of view anymore. See, what we don't realize is we stick ourselves with our points of view. And the other challenge is that 99% of the points of view we have are things we bought from other people because they were their reality. We're so aware of it energetically that we think it's somehow our reality. And also that our job, if we really care about or love people, is to align and agree with them on their points of view. And this is not serving anybody, but it's what everybody does to such a degree that probably a lot of people, when I said that, just blanked out. Mm. Because if I'm saying something and it sounds like Greek translated into Russian by a Japanese guy who's never spoken English... That's when it's something you do so dynamically that I will address it and you go, "Eh," you know, because it's so underlying the basis of reality. Well, then why, what can we do though, when someone, so that example, you said you're a jerk, right? And that whole, and there was only the positive, the negative, but what if when someone says something like, I read, I read my comments and stay in touch with everybody that in my community on next level soul. So I hear all my comments and 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 I'm going to say 90, 95% are wonderful and positive and 
energetic for everybody. Listen for everybody that's in the community. And then there's a, a few five percent or so that are negative, or they say something negative. And when they say something, you know, I just that I don't agree with about myself because I've heard it a thousand times from different points of views. But I'm like, no, but I, but I've had a million people say it's the opposite of it. Yeah, I, I just disagree. I just don't agree. I don't do the negative uh, negative polarity you said or the positive polarity i just let it wash off my back it doesn't even it doesn't even stick to me in any way shape or form because i know who i am at a certain point you could tell yeah. me that i'm a duck and that could be your point of view that i'm a duck and i identify as a duck i should identify as a duck i'm like but i'm not a duck so it's it's ludicrous for me to even have that conversation in my head so how can we avoid even just being in the negative or the positive of that kind of situation. Well, that, that's actually the whole point of the conversation. You're already doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's for the places where you're not doing that. Because if if you're doing exactly what you were talking about, you don't get stuck. You don't get stuck by anything, really, which is mm -hmm. what I'm trying to get people to the awareness and the possibility of and, and actually give them a tool that will help them get there if they use it. And 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 which is interesting point of view i have this point of view when you get when you go from the resistance and reaction stuck thing we were talking about and you go interesting point of view you're making a choice to undo the polarized point of view and so exactly what you're doing is exactly how you want to handle it you're a duck uh no i know myself no i'm not thank you and it doesn't it doesn't have any influence in your world other than an acknowledgement of, wow, that person's got an interesting point of view, you know, and you can, you, you don't have to try to justify it. You don't have to try to prove it's not true. You don't have to try to come up with a reason for why they did it. You, it stops there because a lot of people are spending a lot of energy trying to reason and justify the things that people do or that they do that they don't understand, which has the effect of keeping them from choice. Mm. And in the case of doing something they're doing on their own, it has the case of having them go into a lot of blame, shame, regret, and guilt a lot because they don't understand what or why they chose. And there is a place, if it's something for you, if it's your thing, if you're choosing something, there is definitely a space to look at, okay, what, what, what got me here? And when you get there, what you do is you undo the whole basis of it, and it will never stick you again. But when it comes to somebody else, don't try to justify their choices, acknowledge that's a choice they're making. Okay. Now, one of the more dangerous things I think that we do to ourselves is lie to ourselves. Why do we do that? And how can we uncover those lies? Because I think everybody on the planet at one time or another lied to themselves about something meaningful in their life, something frivolous in their life. But those little ones turn into big ones and then turns into stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves that are lies, but then rule our lives. It's a very dangerous dangerous, dangerous thing that we do to ourselves. How can we identify it and how can we root it out and get rid of them? Well, we need to recognize that we were taught to lie to ourselves. We were taught not by people who, 
It, and this is where we've also got to get over trying to blame anyone for what's going on. We just need to acknowledge without blame, like, hey, how often did your parents encourage you to find out what was true for you? And how often did they encourage you to do what you're supposed to? And how often when you did something that you wanted to do that they didn't want you to do or that seemed to create more work for them or whatever, did they come down on you to try to get you to stop or let you know you're wrong? So the reason I would say that we lie to ourselves all the time, number one, we've been trained to. And we've grown up around people who have dynamically lied to themselves, themselves who also lied to us. And it wasn't even like they cognitively went, I'm going to go lie to my child now. <laughs> you know, it wasn't that. It was that they did not have a willingness to have a level of self-awareness to know what was true for them, different than the majority or different than their family, different than all these sub-segments uh, sub of population they were interacting with. So we saw our parents do it. We've seen everyone we've ever known do it. And I think if if there were one thing that if we could change it would change the face of the planet, I think that would be the one. But what that would be is more consciousness with self. So because if we could, if if you look at it, if instead of trying the other reason why we one of the other reasons, this is a big topic, actually. Yeah. Okay. But one of the other reasons we lie to ourselves is because. We don't want the judgment of ourselves we believe we would have to do if we were honest with ourselves. But if we're actually honest with ourselves, then there's no judgment required because we can acknowledge, hey, I chose this, not trying to prove, oh, I didn't choose it, it just happened. Or I chose this because of something outside of me that made this happen. No, I chose this. If you chose it, you chose it. You know, if it if it came out of your mouth, you chose it. Or if you did it, you chose it. And we've never been given the freedom to acknowledge without judgment. Well, at least most of us. Okay, mm -hmm. there are a few families out there that actually did that. And it's amazing because most of those people are so well adjusted. It's like, wow, it's so cool. And but almost non-existent. So we were never given the freedom to acknowledge without judgment. And so my overarching point of view is that given that we live in a world that values judgment over awareness, given that we live in a world that values being right over being free, given that we live in a world that values image and what other people think about us, and this grows every day in most people's worlds, they value image and what other people think more than they do how they are and how they feel about themselves. I think those are three of the biggest things that create the space where we lie to ourselves all the time. And what what we seem to be gravitating toward more and more is validation from outside sources. And so we'll hmm. lie to us about whatever. And then as long as somebody outside of us goes, hey, that was awesome. You're like, oh, OK, it's fine. But also, let me let me the one last thing I need to address, and I know we want to go into how to change it. But the one last thing I want to address is the biggest thing we lie to ourselves or the biggest way in which we lie to ourselves, the biggest thing we lie to ourselves about is our greatness. <laughs> yes, especially in the West. <laughs> especially, especially we're number one in confidence. By the way, we're number one in confidence, 28th in math. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's uh, those are actual stats by the way number one in confidence in the world you u.s kids number oh, one in confidence 28th 20. in math 
Just throwing that out there. <laughs> wow. 32nd in science, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, that's, there you go. Pretty much. <laughs> you know? And that's, that is exactly it. It's like, we're, we are not taught, we are not even taught what true greatness is. Most people don't have a clue. People think true greatness is being a multimillionaire or being on TV or being a sports star or a music star, a star of some kind. But <laughs> if you watch most of those people being interviewed aren't very present. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. A lot of them are not very present. I, let, let me not say most. Let me say a lot of them are not very present. And then when you find one that is, you're surprised and you're engaged. You know, it's like, wow, so, this is great. So let me let me just jump in here for a second because I've had the opportunities to interview many of these these celebrities and and high performers and things like that in the world. And it's fascinating that you're right. Many of them, you know, they're not used to real questions. They're not used to, they're just used to this kind of like, you know, uh, social media style questions is like, you know, yeah. what underwear do you wear? And, you know, oh, who's your favorite this or that? Like these kind of very superficial questions. But when you ask real questions, sometimes they don't know how to handle it. Yeah. Other times it is a, it is the door that they've been waiting for someone to knock on. And they just, I mean... I did oh. it with, you know, without dropping names, I did it with a couple of multi-million seller in, in the music space and then a big giant movie star and another one. And they just, they just started to, I mean, unleash this therapy session. And at the end, both of them said, do I owe you money for a therapy session? <laughs> because it was so profound and you're listening to it and you've never heard them speak this way before. And people love those conversations, but you're right. I've because I've been around Hollywood for so long and I've met and worked with a lot of these people, it is not what it's shown on television. You know, I mean, Will Smith was a perfect example of that. A man has some deep-seated stuff going on in yeah. his life to do what he did at the Oscars. And he was arguably one of the biggest movie stars in the world. So there it's not all what it's cracked up to be, just like social media is not what it is. It's a lie, it's not a lie, it's an exaggeration. If if I you and I take the most perfect moments of our life, take pictures of it, put a filter on it, and go live in life, hashtag live in life, that's that's not real. That's what maybe one moment of it, but then that's maybe let's say that's a minute, and there's 24 yeah. hours in that in that yeah. day. I promise you, not every minute of that day was like that. So people have to understand. And, and, and let me ask you though, is that one of the reasons why we're so fragile when someone challenges our beliefs or challenges what we think of ourselves, even our lies of ourselves, or just says anything negative to us. We Many of us, especially of a certain generation, don't have the, the, the armor, if you will, to handle that, or at least the knowledge of themselves to just kind of just go, that's ridiculous. Because if someone goes, you're a duck, am I a duck? I, I've, I have no... I have no identity of myself other than what other people tell me I am. So when someone says I'm a duck, I'm like, maybe I'm a duck. Maybe yeah. I'm a duck. Is that one of the reasons why we're, you know, again, and I say certain generation, I think younger generations are having much more issues with that than you and you or I generation. Yeah. You know, we were just raised in a different time, but do you, do you agree with that? 
Oh, I think I think that's a huge part of it. And the here's the other thing. And I want to I want to present something that I hope will make sense to people, which is that the thing we will fight hardest for and will be most intensely resistant to or that will most intensely defend is the point of view about us or something else that we buy that's not ours. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. So when you have, so if we look at the, let's say the younger generations, there's more of a propensity to, to buy all kinds of things because they've got way more interaction with way more people and way more people's insanity and, and and then everybody can see who how many liked it and so oh if they liked it i better like it so they gravitate toward that also but when we buy a point of view that's not ours we will fight to the death to defend it and so here we have a bunch of people who are are somewhat fragile in that it, it in exactly as you were saying there's there's not the sense of self other than the image that's portrayed to others who are then trying to find a way to make a better image so others will like them more thinking i mean you could understand that you know that that feels better than having people not like you but option c has never really been chosen get to know you and most people aren't brought up that way we weren't really brought up that way either no, you know? God, no. It, it's mean, a miracle we're alive, sir. Let's just yeah, put it. Let's true say, frankly. Story. Yeah. <laughs> true story. Exactly. How the hell we survive physically, mentally, spiritually <laughs> in our generation? It's a miracle. <laughs> true story. So given that, you know, there are many things to defend because most of what these kids or young people and old, this is not just young people. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. But most of what so or shall we say so much of what they think is them is something that they've taken from the outside to try to be to be liked by others and so they will defend it dynamically you know it's like um like mm. have you ever had that situation where you were a kid in school and your friend decided they didn't like somebody and you didn't really have much of a point of view about them necessarily, or maybe even like them, but because your friend doesn't like him, you're like, we don't like them. Okay, cool. And then a week or two weeks later, as kids do, your friend, you see them talking or whatever. They're like, oh, no, I like them again. Yeah. And you're sitting there going, but I hate them, you know, and you're sitting there stuck with this pile of crap because it wasn't your dislike of the person in the first place. You took it on from your friend, duplicated, whatever. You're like, this is who I'm, okay, I'm. if they don't like you, I don't like them. And then you see them and your friend's over it, and now you're holding it, not knowing what to do because nobody ever gave you the tool. But but isn't that, the reason we do that is because we really just don't have an identity of who we are. And this is, by the way, everything I'm saying, I still deal with it. I'm sure you still deal with it at, at certain levels. Being a human, being here in this reality, we're going to deal with this. But I but I think we get a little bit better as we get older. So like when I first released my very first movie and I got a lot, I mean, just tons and tons of accolades and I it was flown all around the world and a ton of film festivals and went to Hollywood and all that kind of stuff, right? I would check the comments and 99 out of 100, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. Oh my God. And then there's the one is like, 
oh, you're this is just overrated. This guy has no idea. He's no talent. He's a hack. And I would focus in on that one. And then I would defend myself. I would go I in know. and defend myself against this who God knows who or from anywhere in the world. And then I would do that constantly anytime I saw a negative and I would attack. And, and looking back at that experience, you're going, well, why did I do that? Because things like that happen to me now. I mean, since then I've released other movies and other things. I do this podcast and things, you know, if I started to attack everybody that had a negative opinion of me, I'm going to be pretty busy. Yeah. We all Where's are. Alex. Exactly. Uh, he's still leaving he's still, other comments, he, negative comments. Yeah, he's attacking other people now. But exactly. it's but at a certain point, that's because I'm much more comfortable with who I am at a at a at a deeper level that that doesn't affect me. So if a friend, like perfect example with the kid analogy you used, if a friend of mine said we don't like them because of that, 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 I'll be like, dude, I hate that. I'm sorry that happened to you. You know, yeah. and, 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 you know, if I had to interact with them, maybe I'll look at them and a- analyze them a little bit more, but I'm not going to automatically hate them because you said so, and, you know, yeah. I'll make my decision for myself if I want to, you know, and at this age, I just wouldn't interact with them because I'm just like, nah, I'm done. <laughs> I'm too old for this crap. And I just, you know, I would try to not even interact with them, but does, does that make sense? Oh, totally. That's exactly it. But that's where, that's where. If people would function from there, their lives would work differently. We'd also have a different world. So I'm, you know, we're, we're, it's exactly that. If people would, if, you know, I wish we were, we were granted the gift of being brought up with people who function from awareness, kindness, caring, gratitude, but we weren't. We, we, like you said, it's a miracle we're alive. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And so, but the, here's the beautiful part about that is most people resent some part of their childhood. I know I used to a lot. I experienced a lot of abuse and resented it, you know, and Mm. blah, 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 blah. But here I am today, able to do things I never would have been able to do, able to have conversations, able to help other people heal. And so was it really a wrongness? Would I be in this position if I didn't experience all of that? Uh, who knows? But not in this way, because here I am. So so if you I, I, exactly what you're saying is exactly that. Somebody says, and the reason I brought up about when we were like that as little kids is because that idea of we will defend to the death a point of view that is not ours, but a point of view that actually is ours in the presence of new information, we're like, oh, okay, that's better. Thank you. It's when we buy that we have to make this point of view right or make somebody else's point of view wrong. That's what sticks us. So we don't have the freedom to be present and go, oh, yeah, that's lighter. Because we all inherently know that what's true for us makes us lighter and a lie makes us heavier. And if well, we would just follow that. Life would be better. <laughs> much, much lighter. The more choices you make for lightness, the lighter your life gets. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. The one common denominator I see, and in, in I'll use the comments I get on this show, um, negative comments that I've gotten on this show. 
have been political or religious. Mm-hmm. Two of the biggest things that we buy into. Well, and two of the biggest polarizing factors, two of the biggest places where people believe they need to defend their point of right. view in order right. to have their point of view, because if they got over defending their point of view, they'd realize that 99% of those points of view are things that they bought from other people. They didn't actually come upon them themselves, and they're not willing to have their whole house of cards fall down. So that's why, and again, I was, and I've said this on the show multiple times, I was raised Catholic. And uh, what? I know, I'm I'm still <laughs> recovering. Uh, and and not that there's anything wrong with it. It's, it's good for certain people. It wasn't for me. But that was put upon me. I was born into that into that family who had those beliefs. And then I kind of went away from that and found my own spirituality, studying other forms of religion and, and philosophies and, and spiritualities in general. And when anyone tries to, to impress upon my I mean, their opinion of religion or spirituality, I don't I don't have a tendency to or need to defend myself mm-hmm. or to be- defend my beliefs because those are beliefs that I came across and I went and found myself. But if you say anything negative about a holy book or a prophet in a certain religion or anything that even skews from the dogma, they get all bent out of shape. And it's fascinating to see that that thing. And same thing goes with the political aspects of things. You know, if you go one way or the other, you know, how were you, did you get brought up in, in you know, a, a right wing or a left wing household? And that's the reason you have these beliefs? Or did you listen to both sides? Do you, are you more independent? Like, how do you, why do you need to defend yourself more? So even in, in the political standpoint, I'm like, I have my beliefs. And that's fine. And you have your beliefs and that's fine. You know, moving from California to Texas, you realize that pretty quickly. Which we and both did. Yes. We both we both did, right? So California has a very distinct vibe. And Texas has a very distinct vibe. But being exposed to both, I understand the benefits and the pluses and minuses of both. Because no I'm one's perfect. So with you. It's not yeah. perfect. Neither side is perfect. But yeah. working together, we can find some sort of common balance. And I learned that by moving to a state that was completely opposite for the most part. I'm in Austin, so it's, you know, Austin's. You're, you're, you're like in the Los Angeles of <laughs> Texas, dude. But I, it's well, good. It's still. No, no, listen, listen, listen. There's still, you know, I, st- I did go out outside of Austin a few times. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. I understand now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, you're more like in the Denver of Texas. All right, fair enough, fair enough. More like that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But the point is that you, but you get these other different points of views to the world. And I don't, when anyone comes up with me anything, anything political, I just, that's fine if you believe that. I have family, I have family members I can't even have a conversation with because they're so far in one way or the other that I can't talk about politics, which is never something you want to talk about in general, or or religion or or anything like that. And that's why a show like mine, when I start bringing up these concepts, it's really interesting to see how people react to ideas of reincarnation, of um, spirituality, of finding your yeah. inner self, that you are, you are the God within you. You have the answers within you. You don't need a middleman or middlewoman to, to find God or 
or any of these kind of comps. And then, then you really get onto the uh, talking about channels and mediums and psychics and other aspects of, of this whole gambit that we, that we talk about. It's really well, fascinating to see how they react to it. Uh, a well, lot of the, go ahead. Well, I, I would like to go back to the political conversation because I had a very similar transformation when I came to Texas mm -hmm. and I didn't think I had fixed points of view one way or the other, but apparently I did. And as I recognized that, I, it's like, um, I, as I started embracing the value and I could see where people were coming from on each side, yeah. like, yep. you know, where it's like, you know, one person, uh, there was a, there's this great guy, his name is Trevor Hendy. Um, and he was doing things in Australia, you know, vaccine and not vaccine or whatever. And, and so he was, he's like, no, I, I don't want my family and I to be vaccinated. And he had this person who just attacked him online, who said, how can you, you're killing the rest of us, et cetera, et cetera. And I loved his response. He said, from what you're saying, I can tell how very much you care about your family, about people. That's actually where I'm coming from too. We just have two different ways of going about it. And so, and I was like, dude, that's brilliant. There's there's no resistance and reaction. There's no fight. And I I would so love, you know, there's did did you you know about the third political party that they created? It's They've called always, Forward. I've, I've, the, the third political party here in in the US has been a myth for so long. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I exactly. Ross Perot. I remember Ross Perot, sir. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. Well, this one, it's called Forward, and their their motto is not left, not right, but forward together. And so I'm like, cool. Well, so this this whole idea of so one of the things that you have brought up over and over and so have I is is people not actually knowing themselves. Right. And so they're threatened and and they're threatened about the points of view that they have bought that they decided would give them either solace or comfort or rightness. Mm -hmm. And when you're threatening somebody's solace, comfort, or rightness, they're going to be really defensive unless they're willing to take a moment to actually see what's true for them. And But that's scary. That's a scary thing to, to, to wait, look yourself. Wait a wait. minute. To look, yourself, to look yourself in the mirror, to look yourself in the mirror and really ask difficult questions, which is what you and, and Gary talk about all the time is asking those right questions. That's a scary proposition for the ego, for the ego. For the it's, ego, true story. It's, it's terrifying is it's, what it is. It's terrifying. But no, if you can get terrifying. past- Yeah, exactly. it's, it's equally as exciting as it is terrifying for the person that actually desires to get to know themselves to such a degree that- that Correct. They, they can actually have the life they desire. I agree with you 100%. But for people to get to that point, they have to be able to be willing to take yes. the step, to take the leap of faith yes. that it's going to be okay. It's I mean, I've had that I've had that conversation so many times with myself about different aspects of my life because it's not just one conversation. It is multiple <sighs> conversations 
throughout your life about different aspects of your life, whether it be love, it be money, it could be your career, it could be your body, it could be your mind, it could be a million different belief systems that you've built up that you need to figure out, are they benefiting you? Are they helping you move forward in life in a happy, content way? Are you being kind to other people with this this uh, ideology that you have in your mind, in your brain? Yeah. Well, and also, are you being kind to yourself? Are you being There's... kind to the world? Exactly. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Because we never look at, we we don't realize that when, if I'm buying a point of view from somebody that's not mine, and then I'm defending it and spreading it around the world, how do I feel? I'm not really being kind to myself. So let me ask you, why do we do that? Why do we buy in on what someone else tells us. I get it if it's in the first seven years of your life, because that's when the yeah. programming happens. Right. So I get all that. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on. I got to stop you on that. The programming never fucking stops. It never stops, but it's pretty intense during very this first intense. seven, very intense in those first seven years. But yeah, the programming never stops, obviously. But in those first seven years, you know, if you, you tell you tell me the sky is purple and that's purple up there, I'd be like, I don't know anything. Sure, it's purple until someone yeah. comes like your parents were wrong. The sky isn't purple. It is blue. And for anybody listening and you leave a comment like, well, the sky is purple sometimes. Shut up. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I've had that before. I said the sky is blue or purple. And they're like, well, you know, sometimes in the sun, in the sunlight, when when the sunset, I'm like, shut the hell up. You know what I mean? Uh <laughs> But so, but why do we why do we do that to ourselves? Why do we why do we have the need to buy in on say something political, say something religious, say something? Look, look just being a, a vegan or a vegetarian versus being a meat eater—that's divisive as hell. As yeah. well, you know th- those kind like these are different things. Like, oh, you read books? Oh, I don't read books. I uh, I only watch television. I only watch news. Like, th- there's so many things that we look for to be divisive about, but yet we believe these things. Why do we have the urgency or the need to believe these things and then fight to the death for them? Well, two things. Um... So there's there's two elements to it. There's the underlying element that nobody wants to acknowledge, which is that we are very aware energetically. We're very aware of other people. We're and we have this idea in access. 98% of your thoughts, feelings, and emotions are things that you're picking up from other people all the time. And so, and 98% of your fixed points of view are also basically swimming in the air around you. And so there's this non-cognitive element to it, which is the energetic element, which is where it starts. Then why do we do it? The cognitive element or the more cognitive element, I should say, is because we want to fit in, because we're not willing to be different. And even the people that are willing to be different in one area, different in creativity, will then believe that there is a solace in having connection to a like-minded group of people, whatever that is. And so some of the, it's interesting because you'll find some people who are very creative in one way and very different and avant-garde and then in the rest of their life, they're so friggin' normal as to be extremely boring. And you're like, wait, I thought 
what what and and come to find out that the reason they've created that is so they are not so different people don't want to get locked up in a loony bin for being different and from the time we were young if we didn't have a similar point of view most of us were made wrong by teachers parents friends peer groups etc and we would rather fit in than know what's true for us there was one study i was watching this was so long ago and i was watching it on tv back before we had flat screen tvs this is how long ago this thing was and they had done this study and they were um, showing the video of it and they had something like eight people in a row and there was only one every uh the seven people were part of the study there was only one person who wasn't and so what they did was they had them uh like do add two plus two okay what is your answer and first they would give the answer was four and this person that was part of the study would answer four well then what they did was what's three plus three and this person said seven and everybody said seven. And when this person got, when it got to them, the person went seven. Why? Because that's how we're wired. And if you look at it, uh, what is the word? Anthropologically. Yeah. Um, it's primal. It's know, almost primal. Yeah, it is primal. And we're wired that way. And, and the idea is we're wired that way for survival. And that creates it does it creates survival but it kills thrival and we're at a place where survival is pretty much guaranteed on most parts and and i know i'm going to get shit for that too because blah blah but we're operating in a totally different a totally different world than we're when that was we're, necessary we're not tribes right now going out there hunting yeah. there are in the world yes everyone listening yes there are <laughs> people out in the world who are in tribes and are hunting and that is their reality but the majority of the world a lot of the world doesn't do that and uh, so we we develop these strategies at a at a time i love it <laughs> we're talking about tribes and you see my background Got all kinds of people walking through. That's the the filming dynamic situation. The the Murphy's Law of filming. If you turn on the camera, somebody will walk into frame. Obviously, so yeah, obviously. obviously. But so it was developed at a time where it was appropriate for survival. Hey, get with the program. We all need to be somewhat together here. We need to have similar points of view. Okay, cool. We're way beyond that now, but we haven't had the the awareness of it existing because we're not we're not. We've never been educated about the energetics of interacting and the energetics of how we function. Well, it seems to me that this is just another area of society, of humanity, that we need to release the old, that old techniques, old ideas, old things that aren't serving us to transition to the new things that will serve us as we continue to evolve. Hence why we still have so many old systems in place from the 18 and 1900s, from the Industrial Revolution, that makes no sense in today's world. Makes no sense to do it. But yet we're holding on to it for money and greed and other, other reasons. And also just because there's not enough energy to move forward towards another way of doing things. As and opposed to, as opposed to look, like right now you and I are having this conversation on Zoom. This was... Uh, this was kind of it was before it was Skype. This was kind of like on the outskirts, and people were like, "Oh no, I really need to meet with you in person." 
You know, I really need to, now people are like, I'm not going to leave my house to go an hour in traffic, two hours in traffic to go have a meeting for 30 minutes and then get back in my car and drive another hour and a half. This is LA talk, by the way, uh, you know, of traffic, you know, or I could just have 10 meetings between now and then in the same four hours or something like that. Uh, because it, it was, a, it was a change in the way we looked at things, but we were forced to do that by by what happened with the pandemic that we were all stuck at home and like, we have to make this work. So we were forced into this new way of doing things, which I think we would have gotten here eventually, but it would have taken a hell of a lot longer if it yeah. wasn't for something like that to happen. So I think that's the same thing that's happening with this idea that we're this, this almost agreeing, wanting to be a part of the group is a, is a survival instinct, which by the way, it is in in that in the scenario that we were before if you had a, if you have a tribe of 10 people and one goes i don't like spears one goes i don't eat meat what do you mean we don't eat meat there's no farms like you can't have these different ideas at that point because the whole tribe the group will die so you all need to be on the same page if not when the the, the hordes come across the mountain if you guys aren't on the same page you're going to die so i understand all of that but we're at a place now and in, in, in time that we don't need those ideas anymore. And you have to be to be feel strong enough within yourselves to just know who you are and what's right for you. And it's and from when you and I were kids to where we are now, can you imagine having this conversation in 19? Yeah. That, that yeah. wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing. But those conversations are happening now. So I do believe that we're moving in that direction just slow as hell, man. In yes, in many ways, as a as a people living on the planet, as inhabitants of this beautiful planet, we're lucky enough to call home. Yes, I would agree. Um, and yet, one of the one of the beautiful things that I see is I see people who are moving really friggin' fast. That too, and it's it's as though everybody else is walking backwards, and Cool. Because one of the things I know, you know, we started off with the hundredth monkey is my sense is there are a lot of us seekers in the world that desire a kinder, greater, gentler, more inclusive world that actually allows for the greatness of all these points of view. And my sense is the way it's going to happen is far more like a hundredth monkey phenomenon. Not that it's going to occur one day. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. But my sense is we're already seeing elements of certain points of view shifting that are just becoming what is because so many people are desiring and choosing something different. And they're going on the exploration, they're going on the journey. They have the courage to explore. What else is possible and what else is possible that I've never considered? And how do we get there? Well, it's, I mean, from the point of the time when there was no such thing as organic food, first of all, there was only organic food, then there was no organic food. <laughs> and then now we're back to organic food because of the pesticides and the chemicals and all the other stuff that the processing and all the other things. But that was because people wanted it. Because people were like, no, wait a minute, wait, 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 we're eating chemicals. We didn't know that. No one told us that. We want these organic foods, and now organic foods is it's the norm now. And people, you yeah. know, and yeah, but the old, the old, the old way of doing things is still there, 
but there's a new option. But that was only because the marketplace demanded it. And yeah. when there was a demand for it, there was like, oh, wait, we can make money? Okay, well, then let's all move in that direction. It always ends up being that, isn't it? If there's a, if there's money to be made, it moves everything forward a lot faster. Yeah, right? absolutely. And I would say that demand for organic food is actually more consciousness. Of course. More awareness, right? Of course. Yeah. And then you have, it seems to need to be financially profitable to move forward fast enough, you know, and okay, so we live in that world. Cool. So everybody listening, if you want to change the world, get rich. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, no, if we you all know? had money, we could just, well, look, we always vote with our dollars. It's always the way it is. Um, yeah, absolutely. Especially and in the West. <laughs> yeah, absolutely in the West. Now, a lot of the things that we've been talking about is about knowing ourselves, understanding the truth of who we are. But so many of us uh, have either done it at a moment in our lives or is consistently doing playing the victim and that, vict that victim mentality that woe is so me. Good. The world is happening to me, not for me, but to me. And everything's me, oh, like, oh, I'm a victim, I'm a victim. And then you love to bring in other people into your victimhood. I've had relatives in my family who've tried to do that. Uh, and at a certain point it worked, but then at a, at a certain point, I just like, yeah, that's um, no, no, that's not, that's not going to happen anymore. Yeah. So what can we do to get out? If you, if you are in a victim mentality right now, listening, and you want to be released from it, you want to be released from being the victim and change your point of view on life. How do we do that? Well, given your parameters where you said the person actually desires to release it, which is, which is a rarity, but yes. Okay. This is a <laughs> dynamic rarity. And let me tell you why, because people who play the victim are victimizing others and getting control over them by perpetrating the story of how they were victimized. <clears throat> so for the one out of, a hundred thousand out there that actually desires to get over this. <laughs> here's here's what you want to do is you want to look at whatever your victim story is. And you want to ask, what is the gift that victim is giving? No, uh, well, what is the gift that victim is giving me? But something more along the lines of, oh, what? Have I decided I can only get by being a victim that I actually could create in some other way? And, you know, I wish we had time to go into access consciousness, clearing statement and all the other things, because we have a way of after you ask a question like that, you do this pock and pod thing, which undoes what doesn't allow you to actually get to that awareness a lot faster. You know, since we were talking about speed, mm -hmm. um, it's one of the fastest things I've ever found. But if you ask a question like that, that will that will be one thing. But then there's another question, which is, who am I being? And what am I avoiding by being a victim? And what am I defending? Who or what am I defending for or against by being a victim? And if I were truly being me, what would I choose and what could I choose? Well, the, the other thing that we could talk about being a victim is that 
what we just the way I just presented it was like someone who's a victim and it just uses it constantly all the time to manipulate people and we we mm. know those people. But the micro victim, that's a just coined a term, the I micro like victim. The mic the micro victim, meaning that we tell ourselves little uh, victim stories. Yes. About certain areas of our life. We might be perfectly aligned and perfect in our relationship with our our spouse, but professionally there's a victim story there, why you can't move forward or vice versa. You're great in your job or you're great in your career, but you you can't have a good relationship because of a victim of something that happened to you. Someone broke your heart or cheated on you or something, whatever those stories are. Those are even a little bit more dangerous because they're so they're so quiet underneath this the layer underneath the surface that you're not even aware of that. And I challenge people listening right now to ask yourself, do I tell myself stories in certain areas of my life that create a victim mentality about it? Like, oh, I never, I can never make money because this, 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 or this. I can never find love because of this, 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 and this. And it well, could be multiple micro victim stories or multiple, <laughs> multiple micro victim stories or just one. But these are the questions you should ask. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. And then two other questions for that, which would be with the micro victim. I love this. Multiple <laughs> micro victims. It's an MMV player game that's, you know, <laughs> screw. it's called Planet Earth. Multiple yes. micro victim, multi massive, multi role player game or whatever. Anyway, um, two other questions that will help when you're ready to change it, because we've got to recognize that there is such a such a uh, uh, thing in victim, you know, oh, which seems to let us off the hook, except we're we're the ones who keep putting ourselves on the hook face first when we do victim. But if you want to, a couple other questions can be, what power am I avoiding or what potency or power am I avoiding with this micro victim story? And uh, what choice am I avoiding or refusing? Because what we do is when anywhere we do victim, we give up our power and we give up our choice. Well, and the victim story is, is that the, I mean, I guess victim story and negative stories we tell ourselves or just stories that we believe systems that we have about ourselves. Um, why, what can we do to release those kind of negative stories that we tell ourselves about whatever avenue of life that we're in? Uh, because well, these, these stories are they're very damaging and they could haunt us for our entire life. Yeah. And here's the thing. We need to recognize that if we're continuously telling ourselves a story, we're never being present. We're always stuck in the past. And so we're stuck where that story occurred. Now, we have some specific ways of undoing. If we take that to the furthest extreme, it creates PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And we have some ways of undoing that very quickly with access, but it's way beyond the scope of what we can do today. Um, but it only takes about an hour and a half to start that dynamically changing because the what the story creates, it creates like a Mobius strip. And we're stuck on that Mobius strip. We never get away from it. And it like follows us day to day to day to day to day. And we're usually the perpetrators of it. And we didn't necessarily, though, start out as the perpetrators of it. What we'll usually have a story around is where some 
trauma or abuse or meanness occurred, something we didn't understand why it happened. And we're continuously playing it in our head to try to find the glitch in the matrix that created it. So how do you let it go? Number one, you want to ask, is this my story? Because one of the other things that we do, because we're so aware, because we can energetically pick up on how our everybody around us, especially mom and dad, were because we were around them the most. What happens is we will take on the story of mom, for example, and we'll we'll fit it to our life. We'll take on the story of dad and then we'll craft it so it seems like ours, but a majority of it was his. We just tweaked a few things to make it fit perfectly. And then mom, we tweaked a few things to make it fit perfectly. So the first place to start is whose stories are these? Are these even my stories? And, who, and they were, and they weren't their stories either. By the way, they were their grand exactly. It's your grandparents' story and your great grandparents' story. Yeah, just tweaked and adjusted, and just you know tightened up a little bit, maybe softened or hardened depending on the scenarios. Yeah, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And so if we can that and the reason I keep bringing that up, this awareness that we have where we buy something as ours is because it's very similar to, you know, you walk into a store and you're like, oh, I'm going to pick up some dog food. Cool. Now you put the dog food in the bag and now it's not your dog food. You don't even have a dog. You didn't have dog food before you walked into the store. And now you're carrying 20 pounds of dog food throughout the rest of your life. Until you go, oh, not, I don't have a dog, not my dog food, don't need it. Boom, done, you know? And this is what I see people doing emotionally and energetically, which is why, and and the question you want to ask is, who does this belong to? And if it lightens up at all, it's not yours. We have a free app, Access Consciousness. Who does this belong to? Because if you'll do this for three days, if you ask, who does this belong to? To every thought, feeling, and emotion, and judgment, and yuck, stuck energy, every time the story comes up, whatever it is, anything that takes you from, hey, I'm cool, to even a little bit. If you ask, who does this belong to? And it lightens up, and you get back to that lightness. It wasn't yours. All you got to do is return it to sender with consciousness attached, or pock and pod, or undo when you bought it as yours and return it to sender. Because if you do that, and if you'll do that for three days, at the end of three days, you walk around like you're in a walking, talking meditation. Because what you've finally done is you've broken the machine that makes you believe that all this stuff is yours. You know, and I say that to some people and they go, well, you're not taking responsibility. I'm like, I can't take responsibility for the dog food. It's not my dog food. I didn't create the dog food. I just went in and bought it. You know, Mm -hmm. I can just let it down by the side of the road or return it to whoever it came from. And it's so funny because I've had this conversation for 15, 20 years being interviewed. And still, what most people do is it just kind of goes, and I'm like, people, I'm trying to give you a tool here that literally helped cure me of suicidal thoughts and depression 22 years ago. And I've been talking to the wind for 22 years because it is, for me, it's plain as day. It's like kangaroo balls. It's like, you can't miss it. Okay. By the way, if you don't know what kangaroo balls look like, 
I I highly suggest not Googling it. Don't do that. Okay. I can't wait for the comments. I'm so glad I don't have to read your comments. Okay. I just, you know, so when they say all the nasty shit about me, just go, ah, Dane's fine with that. No problem. You know? <laughs> one, th- one thing that you were saying in regards to these stories and this dog food that we carry around with ourselves, which is a great analogy, by the way, is it's something that so many, especially I think of our generation as well, if we were raised at a certain level financially, is poor people mentality. Yeah. That poor people mentality that that life is difficult, that you have to work extremely hard um, for your money, that you know you have to have a nine to five job. God forbid if you go off and do your own thing, you can't do that. Like this this need that you like you can't spend too much because you can. This poor people mentality that keeps you locked into a certain financial bracket, whereas people born into rich families, uh understand how just how instinctively how to make money because they're just around it they're just through osmosis which is how we learned those first seven years as they say you learn by watching you know you're not taking wait. classes at two or one way okay, yeah, wait. no i want to i just need to make this point because you're saying exactly what i'm talking about but we don't learn by watching we learn by being immersed in the energy correct That is how we learn. It's not by watching. It is by watching, but that is so secondary to perceiving it all around you all the time. Oh, yeah. If if you're living in a mansion and you see, you know, dignitaries and movie stars and business tycoons walking in all the time when you're a kid, that is just your reality. And you will pick up on things on dinner table talk and all this kind of stuff that you will pick up along the way. It is an energetic thing. No question. But same thing but, happens with but it's not it's not just living in a mansion and seeing the dignitary dignitaries, et cetera. It is the energetic basis, especially of your parents and the others around you. Mm-hmm. and And this is the part, and I realize I'm being an asshole right now, but hey, not the first time, probably not the last. okay. And the reason is because this is the part that if people get it, will allow them to have a reference point for getting over the blame game mm-hmm. and but recognizing it's kind of like if you if you grew up swimming in carrot soup and after 25 years of swimming in carrot soup you get pulled out you look like a carrot you smell like a carrot you taste like a carrot you're still not a carrot it's what you've been swimming in is the soup of your parents realities and everybody else's but your parents being the biggest and so like you said, the poor person mentality. It's like, I don't know about you, but I had that growing up. No, I yeah. grew up with, dude, man, living in the ghetto where when our toilet broke and it took us a month before we could get somebody there to fix it. And that was just the beginning. Buckets and buckets of water, just flush the buckets, toilet. Buckets of actually a bucket. And then you go empty that bucket out. We didn't use buckets of water. We weren't that smart. We used a bucket <laughs> and then emptied it in the backyard. Okay. So yeah. poor and stupid. Okay, fine. Fine. Dangerous combination, sir. Exactly. No, it was actually plugged. That's why it was too plugged. And uh, but so I grew up with that story also. And why? Because of the people I grew up around. Yeah. Well, what I did is similar to you is like, I am going to have something different. How do I get there? And I have had so many victim stories that I have told myself and told other people and told anybody who would listen forever until I realized every time I told one, I felt like I put a little dagger in my own heart. And I'm like, wow. And my whole thing was, 
I couldn't get out of the box of, of my upbringing when I was continuing to tell the story to myself or other people. And so that idea, it's the energetics we grow up around that are so pervasive because we're so aware. And if we would recognize it, we could use the awareness on our behalf instead of just picking up crap from everybody and not knowing what to do with it. Yeah, I mean, you can see it. It's you know, I'm not sure if you have children or not, uh, but I have kids, and I, you know, as we're raising my my wife and I are raising our our kids, we see the difference of how they look at the world and how we looked at the world, yeah. and we have that conversation constantly. Like these guys don't understand. They they don't they didn't have a grandpa that um, used a paper towel, then dried it, and had a stack of dried paper towels. And you reuse them because you didn't want to have to buy a new a roll of paper right. towels. There's that, you know, oh yeah, oh, the, you know, those, and then the grandma who took all of the condiments from the restaurant, including the silverware, just in case. <laughs> right. Inclu including including the butter, and then forget about the butter, and then it melted in her purse, and then there's a big thing <laughs> that comes out. I mean, the, our kids have no understanding. We tell them the story, they're like, what, what, what do you, they, they just can't grasp. And the best thing yeah. is that, Tell like a five or ten year old how a rotary phone works. That is <laughs> hilarious. Or or how a video store worked. Oh, we <laughs> uh, used to have to actually be by the phone to use it. You know, oh. <laughs> and then wireless phones came out. I was like, oh my god! No, no, I can remember, walk to the kitchen. Remember the? I can remember go the, to the bathroom. This is great. And the best is when you got that hundred foot cord. So you yeah. would go around the house to totally. go into the closet to have <laughs> totally. privacy. <laughs> to have privacy, exactly. Because it was like, oh, you would just like trip over a cord. Like, what the, the, oh, God, Sam's in the closet again, <laughs> talking to her boyfriend. It's like 500 oh. yards of cord. <laughs> uh, oh. but they, listen, man, I could keep talking to you for hours, brother. This has been a fascinating conversation. I really do hope it helps some people listening. Uh, we talk, we've covered a bunch of different things that hopefully, even if one or two of these kernels or seeds uh, germinates in somebody's mind, it hopefully will help them in their life moving forward. Because a lot of these things you and I had to learn the hard way. Uh, True story. Really and, uh, learn the hard way. That. And there is, yeah. Uh, I, uh, pardon me. I'm having this especially tough time speaking English today. So I apologize. <laughs> um, like literally in some weird way, I do not understand, but I want to exactly that. It's like, there are many things available to make it a lot easier now. And also if you're just joining this journey of discovering you, then you, you started at a really good time. You are not too late. Just come on. Never. Let's play. Never too late. I have yeah. I have people listening who are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s starting the journey. So Love it's that. never, never too late. Now I'm going to ask you a few questions. I ask all my guests. What is your definition of living a good life? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Looking in the mirror, liking the person looking back at you, but also having this childlike sense of wonder and joy and having people in your life that don't judge you, that truly care for you, that are willing to call bullshit when you're doing bullshit, but won't ever judge you for it. 
What is your definition of God? I would never deign to try to define God. And what is the ultimate purpose of life? To have way more fun than you're supposed to. <laughs> and where can people find out more about you and the work you're doing? DrDaneHere.com, or you can go on YouTube. I've got, I don't know, thousand videos or something in all kinds of languages. And uh, all of that is just designed to give you some tools, but pay forward the gift that this amazing journey has been. And do you have any parting messages for the audience? Yeah. What if you truly being you with a sense of the gift of you, with the sense that you are not wrong and with the sense that the difference you are is actually a gift are the change and the possibility this world requires. And thank you so much for coming on the show, my friend. I appreciate the work that you're doing and uh, and helping trying to help as many people as possible and help awaken this planet that is is uh, long overdue, in my opinion. So I appreciate you, my friend. Thanks so much, Alex. I want to thank Dr. Dane for coming on the show and sharing his knowledge with all of us. Thank you, Dr. Dane. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 199. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.